0: Dude, I feel so crazy right now.
1: <laughs> okay, we're recording. Um, should we just jump right into it so we don't like waste any of your uh, your energy that you, the, the adrenaline rush?
0: Okay, I think I'm set up and ready to go. Uh, let's play the theme song.
1: Play the theme song.
0: Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the
1: Human. I am Nick the Human. I almost forgot my name there. And uh, we're coming in hot. Or you know, who's really coming in hot is Eric the Human, who just finished mere moments ago his first <laughs> live stream performance on Facebook, uh, which you guys can go see over at the Hall of Phonics or um, Eric Dano on Facebook. Or I even shared it from the Adventure Guys account. Um, Eric, yeah, how are you feeling, dude? I feel crazy. I'm, I'm.
0: I just poured myself a glass of Jameson. Ooh, you I'm really- drink that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink alcohol for the first time in like ten months right now. Holy smokes! On air,
1: that's some, that's scandalous. Honored, but that's some real, uh, that's some real post-show shit.
0: I know, right? Maybe that's why I haven't been drinking so much. Because I, I haven't played any shows.
1: Yeah, no, no adrenaline to come down come down for how did it feel that was your first show in forever like how did it feel to perform
0: Dude, it really really weird it was so awkward because you can't see anyone that's watching it (laughs) yeah (laughs) like if you're playing a regular show with an audience and there's like somebody who thinks you're shitty and you suck and they're just like standing there with their arms crossed just vibing you Mm -hmm. it's like you have a little bit of control of the situation that you can take where you can just like vibe them back and like you are aware of them and you you make them aware that you're aware of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just make everyone uncomfortable because of it. But I couldn't see anybody, so I'm just assuming that everyone is the equivalent of standing in the front row with their arms crossed vibing me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if you need to uh think of it that harshly. I don't know. you couldn't see the chat, could you? Cuz there were some I was in there and there's some look there were some vocal people. There's some people having fun.
0: I uh I couldn't see it. I didn't really have my monitors set up appropriately. Uh I saw a little bit go by on my phone but uh there was also like a delay so it was, it was weird. I just decided not to let that distract me for the very f- first live stream I've ever done.
1: Yeah, that's a smart move. Dude, it sounded great. Um that was some of the best Thank I've you. <laughs> heard your voice sound. Um
0: Well, shit, thanks man. Um that's been like the hugest source of anxiety in my life like the last month
1: (laughs) oh wow well it was cool i mean i don't um it sounded very natural um and like i guess just because like the last time i saw the holophonics was when i I played with you and loud shows bad pas you end up screaming more and being like more punk like you know just like over the top of the the army of sound that is the hall of phonics. And it was cool is that this didn't, this sounded just like very natural. Like it was just like coming out of your mouth without like a lot, like too much extra effort, which was just cool and nice. It,
0: it was so weird because that like created such a new problem for me where it's like, I can hear my voice. Everyone else can hear my voice. I have to like be super focused on what my voice is actually doing now. <laughs> yeah. And like intonation was like, a really tough thing to work on in all my practice sessions for this because I'm just playing with, you know, pre-recorded, perfectly tuned MIDI instruments, basically. Mm -hmm. So there's no, like, slightly washed-out guitar that, like, can hide, you know, the voice being a few cents flat or a few cents sharp. It was Like, everything else was totally 100% locked in, perfectly equal temperament, and then, like, my voice is the only thing that just has to fit into that. So it was really uh a painstaking process is like trying to practice singing in tune after not playing
1: a show in forever. Yeah, singing in tune is is really hard. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. one of the more um underrated skills. You know what I mean? Singing really well in tune like is super fucking hard. It's it's tough
0: cuz I don't think I have a particularly interesting voice like i don't think my voice has a lot of character mm-hmm. it's, it's like so i have to sing in tune yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing there's nothing else that my voice does that's like oh well i could listen to this even if it's right? going like, in that tune yeah like you know how well here's a difference for you right off the bat
1: <laughs> a
0: lot of like early like early Jeff stuff. He's definitely not singing in tune, but it's totally fine because his voice is like really wide. Like it sort of has this natural distortion on it where it's like just, just over the edge of breaking up. So it covers like a lot of ground. It's not like a laser focused pitch. It's like a a little bit of extra above and below. Um, and so you don't notice it like being out of tune. He just has a cool voice. Um, my I don't think my voice is like cool, so I really have to like focus on nailing the note, which yeah is tough.
1: <laughs> I worked with the band the Front Bottoms. That guy has a very unique way of singing. He kind of talks sings a little bit, and there's yeah. a little bit of a, a Tom DeLong probably baked in, and Mountain Goats. Um, both also Mountain Goats and and Tom DeLong both. I don't know about. Uh, John from the Mountain Goats, but Tom DeLonge can go out of tune, and it doesn't matter because he's he's got the, the, his crazy voice. Although I know he he, he has more of a laser uh, voice than a wide voice. I guess wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's weird, but, man. Like, but, but I would, yeah, I would I would say that he's got like a, a lot of like mouth around his his singing. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever see any live videos of Blink playing with Skiba, um, and him just like not singing in tune at all? Skiba. Yeah,
1: I saw them with Skiba. Um, really? Um, yeah, and I really uh, didn't have much f- fun. Cause he's, I I think what
0: he does singing is a little bit more similar to my style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's you know he doesn't use a lot of like extra things, It's just kind of his voice singing the note. And I remember when they had that song, what "Blame It on My Youth," yeah, that came out a couple years ago. Um, And there was a live video of him singing like so out of tune. And it's like it's kind of not his fault because it's a high B flat like everywhere in the chorus, which is a fucking crazy note.
1: Why did, did I even gonna tune down live? Even just even down a half step would help him out. Yeah. like <laughs> And, and
0: you know, there's a lot of auto tune on the record. And that's, oh, yeah. you know, John Feldman. That's, you know, his, his, his thing, style, I guess. Yeah. But just throwing in a high B flat like as like a central note of your chorus. Like he was doomed to fail. Like the poor oh, guy.
1: <laughs> that's, that's something I learned on God, on Godbrother, brother, my old pop punk band, um, which you played with Eric uh, once is that we wrote yeah. a new song. It's, it's on Spotify. It's called who am I, but we wrote the song and it's an E. And I think the first note of the chorus is a high B. That's how I wrote that melody. And uh, I think I recorded it and it was okay, but in the process of recording it, I realized that my natural range was maybe a high A, B flat if I was lucky. <laughs> so then I was just like, oh shit. I was like, but you know what? It's fine. Like when we play this live, I'll just fucking screech it out. And then we played <laughs> at the Brooklyn Night Bazaar the first time we were playing it and we had actual monitors. And I tried, and my voice was just cracking every time I tried to hit that high B. And I was just like, why did we, why did I write this Dude, to be, be there?
0: I, I, I remember, uh, being in like, I guess this was eighth grade or something and seeing an interview with uh, the singer from newfound glory. Mm -hmm. I guess this was right after sticks and stones came out and he was like, so proud of himself because he sang a B on the new record. And on the previous record, the highest note he could sing was an A and he got to sing a high B on this one. And that didn't mean anything to me then, but I have such an appreciation for that right now.
1: (laughs) Right? Is it is that is that a natural zone for male tenors to start being like, All right, you're getting you're getting up there. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Well, I mean like classically trained tenors, I think the high C is like the note, you know? Um and you know, there's Adam Levine who just sings in falsetto all the time, mm-hmm. um, up to like, you know, D and E and everything, but uh I I, I sang a couple B flats tonight. I tried to uh, just keep A-flat as like my highest note, which is where I usually uh, feel comfortable with. A is usually fine. B-flat is starting to get a, a little dicey. Uh, but the high B, man, there's there's a Kill Lincoln song on their last record.
1: Yeah, I, which I listened to this morning. I went running and I listened to the whole thing front to back. And hey, I, it's great. And I enjoyed it. My,
0: my favorite song on that album, um, uh, Who Am I This Time, there's just a freaking high B out of nowhere that Mike just like spits out in the chorus. I'm like, how the hell did that just happen? And it's, he nails it. It's great. Uh, but a high B, I mean, shit, man. I, uh, I, I sang a C on my last solo EP, but it's like screamed.
1: Yeah. Oh fuck dude. That's great. And, um, one of the adventure guys songs, I, I, I hit like a high B or B flat. um, what, which song? Maybe it's the "Congratulations, Eric" song.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> you start it and then you move the key
1: up. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you're like, "Why did you do that?" <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Ah, well, dude, it sounded good. Um, yeah, I like. I I've said it before, and I think I don't know this this whole genre with the chip tunes and the synths and the drum machines. And the singing—that's really natural. I don't know. It—it it all works for you. Sean and I were in the car um, on the way home and started, um, and I was listening to it on my iPhone. And Sean was like, "This is such a crazy idea," but I'll be damned—it works.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, man. Thanks for for watching, guys. Um, yeah, it was it was super stressful. I, now that I've done it once, I'm like way more receptive to doing it again. And I think I definitely will do it again because. I mean, I haven't even checked all the notifications from it yet, but I saw that there's like five new patrons that just signed up. Um, oh hell yeah! And a few people just tipped, uh, like just one time tips, which was super nice, and um, a lot of shares it was getting. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely do it again. But man, it was it was rough setting things up. The whole like final two hours before this stream started, I was like everything was breaking on me, and oh, I had to ahead. like fix every like. Because I was I was sitting here like just like making sure everything was perfect, ready to go the, like the whole afternoon. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's no way I'm just going to like sit here, be anxious until this starts. Like, what am I going to do? And then everything started breaking. I was like, all right, well, now I have to fix everything last minute. And this is something I'm very used to. Like, this is just like being on tour. Everything yeah. goes wrong in the 11th hour and I'd have to fix it. Um, Dude, my software is so out of date. It's crazy. Uh, nothing is compatible with anything that I'm using. The interfaces that I have are 12 years old. They don't want to work with anything, but hopefully I can get some gear upgrades and, uh, make the streaming a lot more high tech in the future.
1: (laughs) With that, if you like Eric in the podcast, go, go visit the patreon.com slash Eric Dano kick this man, a buck or two a month. So, uh, we we if you listen to this podcast, you know the uh, the wild life that Eric lives and the the job sagas and this and that. So, <laughs> a couple bucks, five bucks for this man. I am I think it's totally worth it. He's given us some cool, unique shit. So, I mean,
0: if you do the math, it's yeah. like if you if you put up two dollars a month, right? Yeah, and that's like twenty four dollars a year. Like, if enough people do that, mm-hmm. I could conceivably like release like. Two albums and an EP in a year, yeah, and that's probably worth twenty four dollars, right?
1: I think so, especially if you like it. And and let's look. Let's also retroactive. How many of us have been have listened to like you know, like is there ever twenty Hall of Phonics albums at this point? Yes, right. So if you've enjoyed any of those too, I think you're also the twenty four bucks in a year is really just gonna cover a lot of things that have uh, been enjoyable to us. So yeah, dude. Well it's cool. I'm excited for more. I mean those backing tracks must have taken a while to to uh to get going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I wanna cycle in new songs. Uh so I'm gonna, you know, go up on the Patreon and ask people what they want to hear. Um, nice.
1: You played some of my faves. Yeah? Yeah. Off the solo record, um I'm trying to remember which um it's off pack rat. Oh, every Wednesday. I love that one.
0: Oh, yeah. That's that's one I. I don't think I ever I, I might have played it live once at a solo show, mm-hmm. um, but I always liked that one. And it I never really got a lot of chances to play it out very much um, until tonight, I guess. So,
1: well, it's all about the uh, that just I mean, it's violins right on the record. Um, but that yeah violin and cello. cello yeah string section and it was just but that melody of that is just like aces i hear heard that i was like oh god this is like this is re- this is like one of to- this is like a top tier like instrumental melodic opening that you could have <laughs> well thank you <laughs> yeah i always thought that i was like this is one of the immediately i was like okay one of eric's best solo songs even before the, the vocal comes in you know
0: now instead of violin it's game boys it's so. game boys
1: yeah um yeah and some of the 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 the, from the first record that's more like traditional ska sound really good too
0: yeah i don't i mean i haven't done a lot of solo shows recently i mean no one's played shows recently but i mean even before the pandemic I hadn't done a whole lot um the first album stuff i don't really play too much of anymore i mean you Um, you
1: played so much of it that uh
0: (laughs) yeah i yeah i well because what the first time i I toured solo. I only had that album, so. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I, I have another EP that's like pretty much written. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to release it in a couple of months. Sweet.
1: Love it, dude. Um, yeah, it's good. Good shit. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything else really. I, that, that That was just top of mind right now.
0: Well, thanks man. What have you been up to?
1: What have I been up to? Um, well, I I was working on music a bunch and exercising frequently. You know, just living, doing the things that I wanted to do. Um, had a stressful, a little bit of a stressful week at, at work for the first time in a little bit. I got my new job. We talked about that in there, right? Yeah. Marketing director at Atlantic Records and just getting getting into the getting into more of the meat of it where there's like we're doing photo shoots and video shoots and uh artists are finishing records and we're talking about well, how we're gonna release it and what things are gonna look like for a few different artists um and that's pretty interesting like it it leads to way more interesting conversations and I don't know it's like in my previous roles, I wasn't there yet, and it's a little bit scary. Like, there's parts of me that are like, I think this is almost like growing older too. You know, it's like you start mature. It's like I'm finding myself in new waters, and there's a part of me that's like, oh, I wish I wasn't here so I can maybe maintain a little bit of my innocence about how the whole process works. But then also a part of me, I'm like, <laughs> no, I just gotta like roll through this door and just keep on going because like now I'm, it's good to get into new places that are a little bit you know new and feel a little bit uncomfortable but feel right so it's like i don't know i'm just new there's like new founded responsibilities and uh and challenges but also really cool moments and successes so yeah
0: how many uh releases are
1: you going to be working on for 2021 that's a great question at least four albums um and maybe more singles
0: Oh, yeah, probably a lot of singles. A
1: lot of singles. That lo-fi Atlantic Chill puts out a single every week, um, which t- takes time. Yeah, there's some other albums and records that are starting back up. And I'll bring them up probably as uh, they come, o- come along. Maybe one day I'll get one of the artists I work with to join or something. Because a few of them do oh, like yeah. Adventure Time. Who doesn't? Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only
0: people that haven't seen it yet. It, uh,
1: really my my roommate Corey who I keep talking about and he, he's not against it he just it's not really his thing quote unquote but today's episode we were watching it I watched it for a second time after your stream I watched it again right before we got on and it finished and he went all right that was probably the, the best episode I've seen yet <laughs> which I was like dude that's what I keep saying after every episode I watch <laughs> right <laughs> I literally and there's a documented record of it I love it,
0: um, dude. I've been watching a lot of other cartoons recently, and coming back to Adventure Time like every week mm-hmm. is like a good centering experience for me. It's like this is kind of the high watermark. This is the the bar that everything else is judged by.
1: Yeah, yeah. We finished Steven Universe. We talked about that with Sean, right? Or yeah. De- and then I'm I started Summer Camp Island, um, which is great. Oh, right on. Um, yeah, I like that. I haven't gotten there um, and, uh, too far into it. And, and I've, I've watched a couple episodes of other shows. But it is cool just to keep coming back to Adventure Time. And it just almost gives me even a new appreciation for it. Because I'm just like, This is yeah, so good. I,
0: I, I might have mentioned a few weeks ago, I started she Princesses of Power. Uh-huh. And it was, like, just fine. Well, I, I finished it recently. And it was actually very good. Um, it's... Still like a more mainstream kind of show than the Cartoon Network programs, but it was good. It was very good. It was actually very similar to Steven Universe in the whole like sci-fi kind of adventure type uh, vibe that it has. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't quite live up to the shows that we love from Cartoon Network. But it was good. I mean, it was a very gay show, which I appreciate. Um, And, uh, when it was over, I was very sad that it was over, but you know, it ended the way that it should have ended. There was no, there were no like regrets or anything. It was a great finale. Um, it's just, you know, it, it feels like, uh, the Saturday morning cartoons of, you know, 30 years ago, which is kind of what it's supposed to, you know, it's a reboot of the original She-Ra series from the 80s which itself was a spin-off of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series. So it's like twice removed from the source material.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit weird. I I think it's trying to retain some of what it was based on while still being its own new thing, which is a, you know, it's a hard balance to find.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: <laughs> but it was good. If uh if anyone's looking for some kind of casual viewing, I would recommend she Princesses of Power.
1: That's good. I-, I did watch a film this week that is anything but casual viewing. It was uh, <laughs> Ingmar Berman's 1966 psychological drama Persona. Um, just, I don't know it. Just as, sh- as Sean and some friends I would say, just some true wackadoo shit, art, film, nonsense, <laughs> um, in the best way. I love, that's what I'm, that I always love, like, it's good to see some other stuff. And like, I watched the trailer for the new Eric Andre movie, which is, you know, kind of trash, but like amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I want to watch that. But then also, I I want to watch this like 1966 movie about like the concept of identity. Um, uh, (laughs) And it's really nuts. And I recommend watching it. Um, I think you would love it, Eric Persona. It's crazy. Um, But yeah, Eric Andre has a new movie coming out. Today, it hit Netflix. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so it's it stars him, uh, this guy, I don't know, I forget his name, Lil Tyrell or something, and Tiffany Haddish. And it's sort of oh, basically like good. Borat, um, where it's like they're in the real world acting out a storyline, but it's in the real world, so they're fucking with normal people. And it's directed by Jeff Tremaine, uh, who did all the jackass stuff. Oh. So yeah. it is That makes sense, Eric Andre. Yeah, yeah, totally. And dude, it is just the the trailer you're like, "Oh my god. Like this is like it makes Borat look tame." Where
0: I love Eric Andre. I really really do. I appreciate everything he does.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the first thing like like dude, like they're in the public and him in the I don't even like Tiffany Haddish is literally dangling him by his sweatshirt from a third floor, like office building. And people are around being like, don't kill him. And like, he, he gets in a zoo and fights a gorilla. And then I think the gorilla fucks him, but it's obviously like a guy in the suit. It's like, it's really going far, but also Sean and I watched it and we're like, yeah, we're going to have to watch that.
0: (laughs) You know, uh, there were, there were two shows that he was in that, didn't get enough uh, acclaim, I don't think. Uh, don't trust the bee in Apartment Twenty Three. You ever watched that? No, but I've heard it's great. He was he was great in it. Uh, and weirdly enough, James Van Der Beek was great in it. Kristen Ritter was great in it. The only the only one who wasn't like super memorable was the other girl, I guess. Um, it was canceled too early, only two seasons. Um, he was in that, and he stole the scene every time he showed up. Uh, the other show that he was in that was really great was um, "Man Seeking Woman." You ever see that? What was that again, dude? It's got the worst freaking name for a TV show ever. It was on FX. It was with uh, Jay oh, Baruchel. Yeah, Baruchel. yeah. It's like it's surreal. It's uh, it's like a you know this guy is trying to date whatever, but like the world that he lives in is like just surrealist horror like everywhere everything is like oh, so weird and, it sounds like something um, I
1: would like it's um yeah yeah look all these people are in it Jay brochel my erskine it was created by Simon Rich who is John Mullaney's writing partner on SNL oh
0: yeah Eric Andre is amazing in it um the show is really good it's got the worst name because it's it's such a generic stupid name and the show is not generic at all um I'd recommend it Wow, okay, cool. you ever see uh, Dollface on FX? Uh, sorry, no, on Hulu. Man Seeking Woman was on FX, Dollface is on Hulu, and Dollface is basically Man Seeking Woman, except gender-swapped and it's Kat Dennings.
1: Oh, okay. I've never seen that, but that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, love both su- great. I like surreal things, so, so I like Adventure Time.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Dude, that's the thing, man. Adventure Time... The surrealism is funny. Yeah. Like, that... that And and Steven Universe is a very funny show also. Like, everything that Garnet says is either in the badass camp or the hilarious camp. Like, she can't open her mouth without, like, the line being amazing in one of those senses. But those shows are are really funny, and that's the thing that I miss the most about watching She-Ra. Like, it's a good show, but, like, there's comic relief that misses. It's like, the stupid... Talking unicorn that's supposed to be funny is not funny, and he just shows up and says dumb shit all the time. I am just like, God damn it, this fucking unicorn, like, <laughs> it's
1: not as funny as it thinks it is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just throw in some surrealism, and there's your humor. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, with that, should we talk about the app? Ep- let's do it. This was a
0: fucking surreal episode. Oh, so yeah. Let's do it.
1: Discussion.
0: All right, this was part four of the Islands miniseries. Uh huh. Imaginary resources.
1: And like some of these other miniseries episodes that we've covered that would seem random and it wouldn't work on its own, this episode I think really worked on its own.
0: It did. It's so weird because uh, it's like right in the middle of this very plot heavy, lore heavy miniseries, and yet
1: it's so easy to grasp on to the concepts and the themes of this episode. It was so easy. I loved it. it. It was, it was, it was a perfect episode. I don't know. I just go, I can't help but being hyper. Like when I like something, Eric, I just like <laughs> love calling it perfect. The best, one of my favorites. I, I don't, I just yeah. go right to that level, but, <laughs> but it's, it's true. Like my roommate said, is one of the great episodes you've seen that. it was really fun. Um, because they get to do so much great shit, they're in another world. Obviously, on this island that they're not going to probably ever return to in the series, right? Um, I mean, maybe they could, but and I guess knowing Adventure Time it could have greater implications. But it just felt it felt sort of free of the conventional norms of adventure of Adventure Time um, because they were in this new place, and that was fun and exciting. Yeah, and, I think yeah. It,
0: you know. I, I honestly, I don't even remember where where they are in this series, like how they got to that island, where they're going afterwards, like what the goal is, but they are here and they're in some kind of matrix situation, which is you know it's a trope, yeah, uh, you know so it's easy to to figure out what what's going on, but it was really enjoyable, you know, I guess this was not a Jesse Moynihan episode, oh, it could have been but. Uh, but it was it was a Pendleton Ward episode, okay. which makes a lot of sense. Um, and a lot of the just vibe is very similar to Jesse Moynihan's forming comic and mm-hmm. the episodes that we love uh, that he storyboarded. And out of any episode that I remember from Adventure Time, this reminded me the most of the Midnight Gospel.
1: Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Didn't think about that in the slightest. And you are very correct, my friend. Um, <laughs> definitely has a lot to say about humanity. Bemo goes on a great little monologue about what is the nature of reality. Um, and, and that's why, you know, you said it's sort of a Matrix-like situation, but it felt like it fit right in in the world of adventure time and, and the themes that are explored here. Like it didn't feel forced, you know, where it's like sometimes you're like, oh, it's a genre matrix thing. Like, no, this was just like they found themselves in a situation that was sort of matrixy. Um Yeah. And then okay, so um like basically here's the explain how why it's matrixy is that Finn Jake get to this island, um uh, Jake has a, an egg from these giant birds they were riding with and decides he's just going to hold on to the egg for the episode for what reason I, I don't know
0: yeah there's this egg thing i was like i was trying to like does this egg hatch into something that's important like what's the point of this here no oh, there's no point
1: <laughs> no except for it's just really funny and it's just like jake and in like basically what he does is they have he's holding on to this egg this egg and Finn's like, what are you gonna do with that? And he goes like, I don't know. so he holds onto it, basically puts it inside of his mouth. And so then Jake in this real world is shaped like an egg until the very end of the episode. <laughs> um, but they they're looking for Bimo, and you hear Bimo's cute voice talking about dancing. And they find him in this uh this like storefront like window with this virtual reality glasses on, just dancing up a storm. And they try to like get shake Bimo out of it and can't. So then Finn and Jake put on the the glasses and be like all right let's go see what's what this is all about
0: yep and then enter the computer world that bemo is in sure but there's a lot of other people there's a in lot there.
1: so now they're going into this this matrix world um and basically as you go into the world you go through these huge tubes the animation style is changing things are getting real psychedelic real cubist um real surreal like and definitely there's like different styles of art happening um, at the same time. And it's it's pretty interesting to watch. So they go through these, they're flying through these tubes, right? Um, and, at, and on the way to the world. And this program is sort of like, choose your avatar, choose your avatar. And Finn and Jake are just screaming, <laughs> um, and the thing is like, okay, if that's what you want to be, and it gives them these like really weird, uh, like, illustrated characters that are, I don't even know how to describe them. They have like noob written all over them and stuff. What? I don't even know. I, I was trying to think. I was like, I've seen this animation style before, but I can't, couldn't pin, pin, pinpoint the reference and their names. Like everyone's name hangs above their head in this, uh this world in this like online world. And um their names are just, ah, a bunch of A's and H's because they were screaming coming through the portal. Um, yeah. And they're immediately identified as just like, why are you here? Like they're from an older generation, right? Or something?
0: Yeah, it's uh I don't know. It's not like super clear any of the background as to how
1: this happened or why anyone got here, but But they're here and just and, kinda... and much like the real world, they're there, they're new to it, and thus they're not fitting in. And immediately all the these other avatars are like Get these guys the fuck out of here. Like, I'm calling the mod. Someone's gotta come and like <laughs> set these things straight. So it's like, hey, giant telephone, it's me. Uh yeah, I'm Wolf Prude with a with a three. Uh <laughs> yeah, there's some people here. Like, it's like, can you come and get rid of them? And then the mod comes, and and who's the mod? But dear sweet BeMO. Oh, it's
0: BeMO. It is the most badass BeMO that ever appears in the series.
1: Yeah, Beemo has the body of this giant nine foot hulking buff man that's covered (laughs) the only it's blue it's like the green like bmo the head is still bmo now now what's interesting is everyone in this world has some sort of weird new version of who they are that's not at all tied to their physical form on earth yet bmo has maintained his signature head and it's just the body that is so big and it's blue like bmo's body with the only clothing on it um are these eye patches that are around his arms. <laughs> <In random places. laughs> yeah, thighs. It's 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 sort of erotic, but not really, you know?
0: <laughs> this BeMO character design, I love it so much. It's great. It's and whenever he turns around, like his glutes are defined. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was sort of erotic, right? It was sort of I, I was like, this BMO would slay in certain kinds of clubs, you know, like it was, it was cool. But um, and it seems like I didn't, it was like I don't know what Bemo's relationship was with Vinny. It seemed like they were yeah maybe together. I,
0: I don't know. I I don't know. I, I don't know. Who I don't, knows?
1: Not that it matters. And that's what's so great about like because does that actually even matter at all to anybody? No, who gives a <laughs> shit? Like anyone should just do what they want, and it's kind of treated as such, you know. Um. But, but this is, like, really one of the best parts of the episode. So, Bimo comes down, scoops up Finn and Jake. Now, Finn and Jake look nothing like themselves, right? They look weird. Bimo immediately knows it's Finn and Jake, picks them up, and then the, everybody else who called the mod, which is BMO, just immediately the floor opens below them and they go into this, like, fiery hell and are burned up. And then Bimo ascends and just goes, hey, Finn and Jake, you want to see BMO Dance Club? And then BeMo starts, like, surfing through the air. Two people go, Bemo, your skin is so smooth. How do you do it? And BMO, I want your virus. And they go, like, this dance club and then to Bemo's hideout where all of a sudden there's this weird little guy named Vinny there who, like, they seem to have, like, a pretty close intimate relationship. And I'm, like, it, the way they're talking to each other is even difficult to pick up on their logic, you know? And, like, what's happening um it's also worth mentioning that
0: Bimo's voice is formant shifted oh, like all the way down. Yes. <laughs> so he sounds like like some big like older dude. And <laughs> But it's still the Nikki Yang voice. Like it's still exactly the same. It's like it's like when you go to AutoTune or Melodyne and just shift the formant down.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> and it's Bimo it's worth mentioning is the only character in this world where the voice appears to have changed. Finn and Jake's aren't different, Vinny's isn't different. Only Bimo's yeah. is different. <laughs> so it's it, it's you know, um, it's interesting too because it's like I don't know how long Bimo's been here to really assert this dominance. I have to also wonder that Bimo's able to interact with this world a little differently since Bimo himself is a computer or a video game. So it's
0: weird because he's not interfacing with it any differently than the other humans. He just has the VR goggles on.
1: I know. But I, I'm so just. How is he doing it? I, but he's doing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's doing it. You can't tell me he's not. Um, and then they try to find um, Susan Strong, who's missing, and they're like, "Come on, let's go find him." And Bimo's sort of like, "No, I think I'll stay here." And at this point, Jake has taken on a new weird form. Like, Bimo also has the powers to give anybody a new form. It seems like that they want. Like, Bemo's designed these new forms, and Jake is sort of like... He's like, hey, Jake, you want a new form? And gives Jake this sort of, like, really long red lady that's, like, tall and skinny. Right? Yeah. Cubist, I, sort of. I, um, and then... I, I, yeah. I don't know what Bimo's official
0: role... Like, he's the mod, I guess. I guess it's like an admin. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's not... Clear how he achieved such status, or who was the mod before? Maybe there wasn't a mod. Maybe he just saw a void and saw an opportunity,
1: <laughs> and saw an opportunity and was like, "Oh, you guys have been doing this for years. Okay, I can come into this." um And then, and then Jake's like, "All right, cool. If Bemo's not gonna leave, I'm just gonna take Bemo's glasses off." So Jake comes out, is egg shaped again, tries to take off Bimo's glasses, and the glasses, the goggles, like shock Jake. And is like, oh, shoot, Bamo's going to be stuck in this Matrix world. He's like, they think about, they thought of everything. So then he goes and sees that there's these, like, little flying, peaceful, almost sort of, like, paper angel-type things, How, birds. How else would you describe them?
0: Yeah, I don't know. They're, like, drones from a bygone era that were supposed to maintain the whole infrastructure of this matrix thing.
1: Yeah. And you're sort of like, why, what, who are they? And, um, little gremlins. And then he follows them back and finds that this world, right? There's no, there's no dirt on the world. It's all paved. All there's no people walking around, but they notice these pods and in the pods, he sees them open one and it's like people it's literally, and this is where it really seems matrixy is that they're living in these pods um and everyone's got goggles on and they're just really enjoying their lives and he's like whoa and then he, they go back into the real world BMO's in the dance club and this is where BMO says to Finn like Finn um don't you want to go to the real world Finn asked BMO and Bimo says something like you know what is real right it's like if you see it with your eyes and your ear and you listen here with your ears and your senses is it it's real, right? Um and what's fake? It goes like, you know, you look at the sky and you think it's blue, right? That's because of the way that the light is reflecting upon, you know, the atmosphere and everything here. It's blue. But Finn, the sky is black.
0: Yeah, blue I love that. It's not
1: real. And then it BMO
0: just drops truth bombs this entire series. Yeah, like do you remember the the creeps that episode? BMO just had like the greatest lines where they're in that closet. Yeah, and like, like sometimes life is scary, Jake. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, when they're down in like the cellar. Um. Yeah, and and it's it's true. And you know, I haven't seen The Matrix in a long time, but it, but watch it's starting to hit. Like watching it right now and being in the pandemic. Eric, this started to like make me feel differently. And I think when I saw like, you know, back in the day when we saw the Matrix, or at least I saw the Matrix, it felt sort of like a political statement where it's like, obviously, modern culture is placating us so it can take advantage of our resources and all these things. And, and they do. I mean, look, I'm selling Matrix maybe a little short. They do speak about the duality, about how good it is to be maybe sedated and numb to the pains of the real world and just enjoy yourself and be entertained but then also you're neglecting what's really going on like I talk about those things but it seemed different because now I'm just thinking about like in this pandemic world so much of my life is virtual right like you and I are talking virtually every week on this Google Hangouts yeah. all my I meetings just played a virtual show played a virtual <laughs> show and I've got friends, I've got a couple friends here, but, like, I'm seeing my brother, my roommate, and then maybe a friend once a week, but, like, it's weird, like, I'm kind of socially satiated, and, like, I'm talking on the phone to a lot of these people that I work with, and, like, most of my world is visual. I go outside to exercise and get some food, but I'm inside a lot, and, and it's feeling normal, and I'm feeling good and okay about it. And I'm like, that's not so different from a matrix situation, right? Like say all of my, all my interactions are now going to be digital. Like say people aren't going to offices anymore or work and we're, we're separate a lot more we're online. It's like, that's, that's a way closer, more realistic matrix that we're all just zooming all the time, you know?
0: yeah you know honestly it wasn't it wasn't until today that I realized how much I am actually suffering because of that situation <laughs> as a person or as a musician yeah or? like well both just like not being able to like be around other people and like play music Because like when everything started going wrong tonight before my live stream and I' suddenly had to like fix everything, it was like, oh yeah, I remember when. I would be 2000 miles across the country and not have any as to like how to fix this crazy thing that's going wrong, but figure it out anyway. You know, it's just like sitting alone, just like working on music by myself or like, you know, when I had a, a night job, just going into a warehouse and working alone by myself, like every night, like you forget what things used to be like and how, how well adapted you used to be. And, like, this is not actually an improvement. Like, things are worse now. We're just getting more used to them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until today that I really realized how shitty,
1: uh, I, you know, everything has gotten. Yeah. <laughs> so, I
0: cannot wait for things to get better,
1: by the no, way. No, it's true. But, but there's another side of it to me where it's like, you know, okay, so I lived in New York for forever. And a thing that happens in New York, Eric, you know this and you'll see it more you know, as you're living there, is that people leave New York City. Like, that's just a thing. That's going to happen because...
0: I'm I'm extremely aware of it because I just moved to New York City at the
1: time when there's a mass exodus, exodus yeah. for people. Which may help you. Um, but it's funny. I, I just think about over the years, like, moving... I moved around as a kid and, and being in New York, and I have a couple friends, right? They move, they left New York City over the past, like, four years, right? I've been in New York... At that point, I've been in New York City for five years. For five years, some friends leave over the past four years. And when a friend would leave you want to keep them in your life, so you call them on the phone. Like, every once in a while. I don't know, every couple months. Um, maybe a close friends, I'll call them. I'll be texting a lot. I'll be sharing memes and whatever. Like, um... But you, you, they kind of like, now that that now that you're not in the same city, they're going to, like, remove, right? For, like, a little bit more removed. But in this pandemic world, it's almost like everybody's in a different city, right? Like, me, I mean, also I moved to Austin where it's like, it's different, <laughs> but it's sort of like everybody's on the same playing field, even friends that live in Austin are in a, a similar sense to my friends that live in LA, to my friends that live in New York or New Jersey. And all of a sudden, it's like the people around you are the same closest as the people far from you, and like space and time starts feeling different, and it's like everyone's on similar playing fields. It felt the same way at work, too, because of the technology, which is sort of disorienting, and I don't know, it feels really odd to me.
0: Well, I've, I've mentioned to you that 2020 obviously was a shitty year, Yeah. but personally 2019 for me was an even shittier year. Uh, and just like with being overcommitted to other projects and, uh, you know, financially it was really tough for me. Uh, so 2020 all of a sudden, like there, it was shitty for everyone and it was, you know, I feel like it's, it's kind of like almost disrespectful to like talk about silver linings with the whole pandemic. Sure. But basically everyone's expectations just disappeared. It's like, we're all fucked. So everyone is fucked equally. And because I was already coming from a very fucked place, (laughs) like everyone being fucked equally was a chance for me to just like try and catch up without people having expectations for me.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: but dude, it's uh yeah. my, it's my birthday in a couple of days. And here's here's what I'm what I'm uh instating. This new rule is that pandemic birthdays don't count. <laughs> I don't so I,
1: I, I, I'm not 32.
0: No, you're still 31 and I'm still going to be 31.
1: Yeah, nice. And, <laughs> And let me tell you, that's going to come
0: in handy like nine years down the road, right? Just banking on those pandemic birthdays because now this will be my second pandemic birthday. Uh, Okay. Just staying in your 30s as long as possible because your 30s is a good time to be in New York. If I've learned anything from Sex and the City, (laughs) you want to be in New York in your 30s.
1: Yeah, you got a little bit more money. Maybe people are enjoying it. It's like it's the best place to be in your thirties. Otherwise, you're in boring, yeah, so, boringville. Um,
0: so these, so these two, two birthdays from the pandemic, they don't count. Now, uh, when I'm 41, I'm going to say that I'm 39. Well, and and that's York.
1: that's why I want to ask you: How much of a bid is this? Like, are are you really? If someone were to ask you, like, say it's June this year, and someone goes, "How old are you?" Are you going to say 31? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> we'll see how far it goes.
0: I mean, obviously. It's. I'm putting it out there on the podcast now that you know I was. You know I was born in 1988, but if I'm dating in New York, you know next year I will absolutely say that I'm <laughs> like 32 when I'm
1: actually 34. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I know it's just like a joke that dumb conservative boomers would make, but it's like I identify. <laughs> well, can I identify as 10 because that's how I feel? Like that's Ugh. I hate those jokes, but also it's like. Aging does affect people differently. And it's like, imagine if your age was reflected. I mean, you can't do this because we don't know what age will die. But it's like, say it was a little bit more reflected on how long you were going to live or like your experience and and age was a bit more elastic. Because it feels a little bit more elastic to me than on that everyone's on this like everyone treats it like we're on the same road, going on the same the same speed on the highway, and we're all like, "Oh, cool, we've all gone 250 miles." Like, yeah, aren't we all a little tired? You know, you know what I mean? It's like we're all on the same. But to me, it feels way more elastic. And like, some people have been driving a long time, but have only gone 150 miles instead of the 250. You know, I, I, it's a weird right. analogy, but
0: it's like I'm going to be 33 years old, but I have the
1: financial security
0: of a 23 year old.
1: So what do you do with that? Or like, <laughs> I, I've honestly, like in different times of my life now, I've, I've not <laughs> identify as just a dumb word, but like, I've really like thinking back on it and I'm like, th- I thought about the values and the things I wanted to do and places I wanted to be at, at 17, 18, 19. I, I w- when I was 18, I was 26 or seven. Like the, <laughs> by the time I hit my teens, all my, through my early 20s, I think really, really wanted to be, it was like 26 or 27, which is like by the time that everyone is just forced to drop their sort of high school college bullshit, the social hierarchies like sort of go away. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was just like, can't we all just be fucking cool with each other and just like enjoy like drinking and music and art and just like be chill and like no one's like I have to get married now and nobody's like um I was captain of the football team you know I'm the art kid so like you have to you know what I mean like those roles we take on in our adolescence that define people start to melt away a little bit after 25 I think not always sure Not (laughs) not always but I guess I'm just saying, like after 25 I think that a lot of the the armor that people put on in their adolescence fades away a little bit and at that, I think that's why some people might then just go grab, go right to marriage kids. But I think then for a lot of people, especially in New York, after that, you let go of that and then you're just kind of a person existing and you're just chiller. Like, it, yeah. That's well, my New York.
0: New York, you can, being in your thirties in New York is like being in your twenties anywhere else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, I, I'm just trying to think like, but do, do, do you know what I'm getting at where it's like. You were the smart kid in high school. Or you were the theater kid in high school and you did theater in college and you were smart and you got great stuff and now you're 23 in the real world and you're still that's still who you are, as your identity. But maybe you're selling insurance now and it's like whatever <laughs> and then you're 25 and you've been doing it for 3 years and or you're at some sort of dumbass job and then I think at that point you kind of have to be like, "Well, am I still gifted theater person or am I this or am I was I lacrosse I was I was like this like popular lacrosse guy or like whatever I was the music fucking guy like you could be me like I, oh I played in bands whatever now I'm 25 and I'm not playing in bands anymore. whatever it is like you know you know what I'm talking about like starts to fade away and you have to like be like where, where am I going to next I don't know yeah I mean this is in my mind too because I was talking to um, a friend of mine who was talking about like um around 25 like some of the social programming for him starting to go a little haywire or, or dissolve or whatever, and I was like, "Yeah, I like that."
0: I started a ska band when I was twenty four, and I still think we're going to make it. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if my opinion on any of this is real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, by the way,
1: but that's hey, that's you giving up whatever your social programming was as music guy. I need to get my 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 master's, doctorate, or whatever, and you started to just embrace. Sure. You are sure. Okay. Do.
0: For for a little while there I did think I was going to be a music history professor. Okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> then I thought I was going to be a professional ska musician. <laughs> <laughs> I've been laboring under that illusion for the last nine years, but um By the way, I'm definitely drunk right now.
1: Oh hell yeah. <laughs> two two and a half
0: Jamesons deep. It's doing it, and for that's you. all it takes. Uh, after ten months of
1: not having any alcohol, I love that. I'm sorry, I'm pe- peeking out my window. Who's there? Oh, I okay. I thought it was gonna be my uh, neighborhood cat, but it's some sort of cicada that's just flying over and over into my window. Dude, are we about to have a cicada
0: apocalypse? I think I saw something about that on the internet.
1: No oh, man. I have fun. Are there cicadas
0: about to awaken? Is that...
1: They do every what? I don't know how many years. Cicada would be a great Adventure Time character. A cicada? A, a cicada. Like a big old cicada or a cicada army or cicada farm. Like, it just seems like something that could be in the show.
0: Cicada is a villain in DC Comics.
1: Is there... On... There's gotta be a band named Cicada, right? It's... T- I don't know. There's... Do you know that band The Locusts? Oh, Yeah. They're fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> Somebody showed me them in high school, and I was like, "This is breaking everything that I thought I knew about music."
1: <laughs> okay, there's a couple of cicadas. Fucking locust. Cicada, I think, is just a fucking good band name. I want to take that. Let's. Well, I, there's got to be the cicadas somewhere. There's a couple. There's a bunch of cicada. You want to look them up? Let's look them up right now. I am. I, I'm doing it. There's a few. There's one that's from it looks like Japan, maybe. Oh no, Taiwan. Uh, that has some some traction going. Ah, t- play them, play their music right now. Stream it. Okay. Play it on air. I, I don't know if it'll come through. Here, hold on. Can you hear it? No, no turn it up. Can you hear it now?
0: Yeah, a yeah, a little bit. bit.
1: Oh, this is kind of cool. It's like a string quartet. Lake's End. That's what this one is. All right. Not what I thought I was getting into. I pictured a, like, (laughs) yeah, like, the locusts or yeah, cave wanted something more chaotic yeah I, it, it, <laughs> so, it would be great for your like like wild post hardcore band um, <laughs> caterpillar right a oh, city of caterpillar uh that's what it reminded. I, I was expecting it to sound like um yeah pretty funny um yeah do you want me to go back to the adventure time plot I don't know man, I'm not focused. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. So BMO gives this whole this whole speech and then Jake immediately Jake has turned off not just Bimo's like pod or whatever, but the entire world. And um they come out and Bimo's now crying, green tears. It's very upsetting to see BMO cry. It's just Bimo's so adorable. And uh Finn and this is something I wanted to, I wanted to bring up. Finn is like, "Did you turn off the whole world like and then he's mad at you. And then Jake's like, why did you tell him it was me? He goes, do you want me to lie to him? He goes, it, he's our son. Yes, lie to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I've never part. heard that before. Them refer to Bimo <laughs> as their son that they're like raising <laughs> together. Because Jake has sons. Yeah. I was like, "That's how they look at BMO." That uh, that's interesting to me. Um, and then, well, the, in in the Adventure Time
0: series finale, there's something like BMO has a line where he says, "You're always the papa. Now let me be the papa." Oh yeah, and let yeah. Me take care of you. <laughs> let me take care.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but then Finn is like carrying BMO almost like a child. It's it's pretty great. Um. And then they decides he's gonna turn it. It's gonna turn it back on. Goes to fix it, and it's he's having a hard time. And then Bimo, like the the little gremlin bird angel things, have gone to sleep. Like they're or they're dead or something. So Bimo reactivates one with what does he give it? Is it like a battery maybe? I don't remember. Or something or a screw, and it turns on. And then they they get electricity turned on, and then they mend it. And they're not mad at Jake or anything and the world turns back on, everyone goes back in and is so psyched to be there. Um, And it didn't seem as devious to me. I was like, hey, if you like being in there, like, is that really that different than, like, our lives? Yeah.
0: I, like, it's kind of a, it was kind of an obvious move to make BMO, like, want to stay there. Uh-huh. I guess the whole, like, Humanity realizing that they weren't really living there like that. I don't I don't do they have what were there I, I don't know okay, we don't know anything <laughs> about what humans were doing before they plugged into this matrix thing. No. So I guess they they just know like that this is what they're doing and they're cool with it and they want to live the rest of their lives that way. I guess you know, remember in Inception there's that scene where it's like the chemist is keeping people in their dreams for basically the rest of their lives. Like they're living out their like any fantasy that they have over the course of an entire dream lifetime because dreams take forever. Yeah, um, and they're just like complacent with that. They just want to live in their dreams. Uh huh. That's kind of like what this is, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, because
0: the The whole human civilization isn't that old at this point, right? Where things have gone awry and they and
1: these humans have been left unattended it, in their pods, it, 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 right? It, I mean, well, it's it would be it would be from now. What? How, how many years in the future is the land of Ooh?
0: Like a thousand years, but we see we see the um, the human civilization. Oh, later that they on that with they, Finn's mom. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, You figure, like, that this island is just some offshoot of the human civilization.
1: That's not from too long after now, present day. Well, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I don't know either. It, it, it didn't look that much more developed.
0: I mean, I don't think these humans can propagate, like, more humans.
1: If you're in there, yeah.
0: I mean, they all seem kind of old and malnourished, so it can't be that long that... I mean, once these humans die of old age, I guess you know, then they're they're gone. Mm-hmm. they are not gonna make baby humans to exist in their pods, are they? I don't think. Is, is it automated like the actual Matrix? I don't know <laughs> I don't if don't they
1: know. can actually do that. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know, but they <laughs> go back in. They're enjoy- Bimo wants to stay, but then eventually goes. Look, I can't leave you, Finn and Jake. He's like. I tried to make – oh, this is one of the great quotes from BMO. I tried to make Finn and Jake in Goggle World, and it went awry. And then they do a little cut to, like, these weird Finn and Jakes um, that we saw actually earlier. yeah. (laughs) In the episode when when he was in, like, a portal. Um, It's, like, it's clear that when he's out in the world, I think he's still adventuring with Finn and Jakes that he created in that virtual world. But they seem sort of like abominations. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Horrific. Horrific, yeah. And then Stan's so like, okay, we're going to go together. And then they try to get into a pod to leave the island, and Jake can't fit because he's still got the egg in him. And he's, he's like, like you like still got egg. that egg in you? And he goes, it feels good, man. <laughs> God damn it. And, then the, and then the egg, then all of a sudden a bird hatches and flies out of Jake's stomach, and Jake is just like, ha-ha, Finn, did you see? And he's like, get in the pod, Jake. Like, he's just not amused. Which I guess is like, <laughs> look, if you... If you were venturing with Jake all the time. I'm sure some of that shit would get old. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, um, and that's the end of the episode. Great app,
0: but I, uh, I, it was a good app. I, I uh, it makes me want to watch the Midnight Gospel again.
1: Oh yeah, me too. I I could really use that right now, actually. Maybe I'll do it after this. Um, but I do have to. I it did make me wonder. Did Did you see the snail?
0: Yeah, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? Oh, no, I didn't see the snail. Congratulations to me. Play that theme song. Uh, As mentioned. One second, one second.
1: Dino. Champion!
0: Uh, yeah, the snail was in a um, a shot. Dude, I'm drunk. Uh, I'm
1: so I can see on your face. <laughs> in the world, was it in the real
0: world or the virtual world? It was in the real world. Okay, I figured. Um, it was like all the pods were opening up or something, and uh-huh. they were like zombie-like humans, and the snail was. In a shot with pods opened and humans, I don't
1: know. <laughs> oh, okay, ah, yeah, I got it. I saw him. He was there. So. You got any uh, miscellaneous minia? Let's find out. Here's one thing I noticed, Eric. I want to know if it's said that a voice was done by Reggie Watts in this episode. Really? Yeah, I saw it in the credits.
0: I was thinking about Reggie Watts recently for some reason, but I can't remember why because I'm drunk now.
1: He could, he could, he could be a, a inspiration for what you're doing on those streams. <laughs>
0: I think it had something to do with. The streams. But I was Reggie Watts was front and center in my mind at some point today. I can't remember
1: why. Oh, it says Reggie Watts was Vinny. No, shit, really? Yeah. And other voices. <laughs> I th-
0: I love Reggie Watts. We've talked about how much we love Reggie Watts on this podcast before, right? I
1: think so. But him being Vinny, it's really throws cuz Vinny has this like stereotypical Italian guy, old middle-aged Italian guy voice. Not a uh, Reggie <laughs> yeah. Watts uh voice. He's oh yeah, Reggie Watts is is is, is great, unique, and just the special creator. Um do you have anything else to talk about, Eric? This was the
0: second Adventure Time episode to win an Emmy for outstanding short form animated program. Wow. The first being Jake the Brick.
1: That's that that really does then corroborate me and my roommate being like yo this is like a fucking good episode yeah right
0: it's so weird how good this is like <laughs> isolated because it's it's embedded in this mini series that's so plot and lore heavy
1: it's outrageous um yeah i don't know um anything else
0: uh, I don't know. I didn't look up anything in advance and
1: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I had Reggie Watts. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess Bemo gives a similar uh, speech to Morpheus does in, uh, the matrix, but I haven't seen the matrix in so long that I can't remember. Yeah. There's a new matrix
0: movie coming out this year.
1: Oh, I missed that.
0: I don't know. I don't think it's a reboot. I think it's a sequel or I'm not sure what it is, but it's like a soft reboot maybe. I don't know. But it's uh, Warner Brothers, so it's going to be on HBO Max
1: the same day as theatrical premiere. Cool. I'll I'll watch it. Um, I see another thing in here which is interesting is that uh, Vinny – um, states that a skin costs 15 million crypto coins, which is like a nod to cryptocurrency, which means that maybe in the future that really, I guess they've been devalued if it costs 15 million for something. <laughs> Inflation's quite bad. <laughs> when did this episode come out? I am looking right now. I have that info in front of me. January 31st, 2017. Okay. Not too long ago yeah that's not too long ago um yeah, so that's pretty good um yeah, I mean, it has the different theme song in it, which is cool um oh yeah, I like that, yeah yeah I don't know that's that's the best stuff that I got all right,
0: that sounds pretty good to me. Let's pick an episode for next week. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Let's go it's the episode Generator Oh, cool. We got episode 83, which is season four, episode five. Return to the nidosphere.
1: Oh, heck yes. That's perfect for us.
0: It's uh Jesse Moynihan and Aco Castuera episode.
1: Ayy, ayy so funny you know this show starts i don't know those folks here we are episode 33 and that makes me very excited to see <laughs> right <laughs> i yeah, love
0: returning to the nice here is a good episode
1: yeah oh whew. i'm excited cool well eric great job everyone remember to go visit patreon.com slash eric dano and throw this man a couple bills he sure earned it uh go watch the the stream that's still live. Um, on Facebook, and you know, treat each other with compassion and kindness. <laughs> it's a hard totally world. We can ask. It's a hard world. <laughs> um, cool. Find out. Cool.
0: Good job, everyone. Congratulations on another episode of Adventure, guys.
1: Thank you for listening all the way through. Appreciate it.
0: All right. All right. Peace out, y'all.
1: Bye.